The following program is underwritten by... It's important to handle any pet behavioral issues with love and care rather than pain and punishment. That's why Dr. Roger Mugford from the Company of Animals created the Pet Corrector, which allows you to safely change unwanted behaviors in your dog, like barking with a simple... Order yours today at www.companyofanimals.us. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And let's just not forget Ladybug, the studio stunt dog, or Molly, the studio stunt dog, who are also in studio. I believe they answer calls for dogs. Is that correct? I, yes. I see them on the phone every once in a while. And they will do cats, too. That's amazing. Um, really. I don't know. Boss probably wouldn't talk to a cat. <laughs> That's, yeah, I think you'd have a problem with that. Or any dog. Ladybug likes cats. Does Ladybug like cats? Oh, well, good. That's good to hear. So you call in here toll free at 1-866-405-8405 or ask your questions through the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. On the other end, could possibly be a cat or a dog. That's all I'm saying right now. On today's show, that's not all I'm saying right now. I'd be out of a job if I stopped right there. I have to tell you that Kip Adada will be on the show today. Uh, comedian Kipadada, everybody looks around, uh, ask your dad, perhaps. He, <laughs> I guess I'm getting old, but I, I remember, do you remember the Dr. Domeno show? Does anybody? I don't even know what that is, Hal. I remember the name yeah, of that one I've, as a kid. I've heard of it, but I don't really know what it is. Jeez, I never thought I'd be on I could this only, side Because it reminds with Pimento, so Pim- Dr. Domeno, mm-hmm. but I just don't really know what it is. I couldn't tell you if it was radio or TV, a person, a show. Or it was a, a radio band. show that had very funny songs. It used to be on up really up till a couple of decades ago. Yeah. And it used to, you know, every Sunday night you'd gather around the radio and you'd listen to that. Yeah, that's how old I am. So Kip Adada will be joining us. He, of course, uh, very famous for a lot of great songs like Wet Dream which is, despite what it sounds like, has nothing to do with what it might sound like. It actually is about fish. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. And uh, he'll be on in just a few minutes. But before that, we want to answer your calls. Dr. Debbie will answer your calls about uh, your vet questions, uh, really just pet-related questions and behavior questions. And Joey Volani will answer all your grooming questions. So call now, toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. Hi, Nancy. Hi. How are you doing? Uh, okay. Where are you calling from today? Uh, Pennsylvania. Okay, well, how can we help you and make your day better? Uh, my daughter has a little Shih Tzu. He's nine months old, and he chews on wood. <laughs> okay, all right. Hmm. And what kind of wood? Is this wood in the yard, around the house? Around the house, in the house. Okay, like baseboards, or what in specific is he getting to? Uh, he started chewing on her table legs, mm-hmm. and we sort of think it's an attention getter. Mm-hmm. So she put uh, cups on the legs. Oh, creative! I like that. Used <laughs> PCB pipe. <laughs> okay, good. So he couldn't get it bad. Okay, and uh, he also likes to chew. On these little cups that look like an egg that her daughter uses on her lips because her lips get so chapped. And okay, she closes yeah. them up and puts them on the coffee table, and he'll grab them off and chew on them. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's just an attention getter? 
No, he's a puppy. This is natural. So oh, puppies okay. want to chew. It's it's really, you know, it's part of what they do. They're investigating their world. Now, some dogs do particularly have an affinity to chew things like wood, and they enjoy it. And that can become a problem because chewing can become a self um, reinforcing behavior. So they, because they enjoy it, it's hard to stop it. So you really have to prevent it. And the steps like the PVC piping are really cool. I like that. That's innovative. Um, but really keeping the pup from getting to those items that he could potentially chew are going to be the big thing. So things like, you know, the lip balm, okay, that's human air. Put those things away. <laughs> you don't want to leave those out where the puppy could be. And a nine-month-old dog, this is totally normal. Not to say I want him to do it, but I think we have a lot of things you can work on. And in puppies, a tired puppy is less apt to get into trouble uh, with problem chewing or other behavior. So getting this dog tired, you know, I have making... Question. Mm-hmm. He also is scared to death. These buses go by and the air breaks. Mm-hmm. And if he's outside, he goes and right to the door and keeps scratching to get in. Yeah. yeah. Like if she puts him out to go to the bathroom. Well, you get a couple things. Get him used to that. Well, that takes some time in actually having positive experiences. So if he's just outside, that thing goes by, he hears it, we're not controlling the situation at all. So making sure that we don't leave the puppy outside unattended is the first thing. One, because you're going to have problems chewing. With him, as soon as he hears, it started with a garbage truck coming down the alley and they threw glass and then it broke. Before yeah. that, he wasn't afraid of anything. Well, that scared him next to, you know what I mean? Yeah. And ever since that, he's scared of everything outside. Now, she's up early because she's a nurse. She leaves at 5.30 in the morning. Her children get up with her husband, and then they get ready for school, and then he puts her the dog out and stuff like that. But if he goes out in the dark, he's fine. Yeah, so there's a couple of things. I have a dog that has some noise phobia, so I know what you're going through, but it really is imperative that we try as best as possible to control the situations that he's in so that we don't have a setback um, because we need to build up to have good, confident um, exposures to sounds at low levels, and that's hard to do if he's outside and we have the bus route going by. So mm-hmm. trying to be aware of timing of schedules can be very helpful, keeping him on a leash if we start to notice in if you hear something that's going to be a problem, just quietly and calmly get him out of that area and get back into the home. We don't okay. want to be panicking. We don't want to be freaking out, but we want to control the situation as much as possible. And then your uh, other homework. you're basically you're- doing. Uh, then he isn't allergic to something. Years ago, I heard that if they chewed on wood, then they were lacking something. Okay. Well, let's finish our thought with this, this problem with the noise phobia, because with that, it's all about setting up these good exposures to sound. So your homework for that is going to be to work on exposures to noises. And there's some great things you can get online. There's CDs where you can expose them to sounds that can be a little bit scary. And I do this with firework sounds and thunderstorm sounds with my dogs. I play it really quietly when I'm in the house at a level that doesn't set them off. And then as long as they're calm and they're behaving and chewing their little toys, then I'll turn up the volume a little bit. And when I first start to notice that they're getting a little bit anxious with it, then I turn it back down and we keep it at that low level. And we do calm, 
things at that time, things that they can be enjoying. We may be sitting, I may be petting them. We may be doing treats or practicing obedience, doing little skills to keep their mind occupied. And then with time, then you get louder and louder noises. And as long as they're not fearful, then you build up to that tolerance. And then in the meantime, you know, like I said, control those loud uh, situations where you can avoid those. Um, but as far as for the wood chewing, that is because it is completely a normal behavior in a puppy of this age, I'm not really worried about that. There are dogs that will do that driven out of anxiety. So this is where getting back to, you know, getting a tired puppy, getting them exhausted, you know, play ball, fetch, practice basic obedience commands, which are really mentally draining, and they tire the dog out physically. So doing those things and really stimulating the dog will help not only with a problem behavior like chewing, but it also helps them give confidence so they'll be less anxious when they're faced with something like a loud noise. Um, so that would be really the big thing. I have a question. When did they lose their first teeth? Oh, he's already lost his first teeth. So usually three to four months of age is when they start to lose those front teeth, the small incisors. And usually by about 10 months of age, we'll be losing the rest of them. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a good question because a lot of people don't realize that that dogs actually lose their full set of teeth. And I have people come in and terrified, oh, I gave him a bone and he chewed on it and his teeth fell out. No, no, no. That's totally fine. (laughs) Yeah, I know. So then by 10 months, they should have everything. Right. Yep, yep. Doesn't mean the chewing's going to stop. So you need to, like I said, get this kid tired, get him appropriate chew items. There's some really great food dispensing toys that when they have to kind of work as a puzzle, and that occupies the mind. It also gives them that chewing outlet. So those are definitely things that I put on your she Christmas shopping list. I know that. He's a character, oh, and we love him. Good. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks well good for luck call. with things there. 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to the Dream Team right now. See how I just redirected your attention? That is exactly how it works on your dog. And that is the Pet Corrector by Company of Animals. Dr. Mugford invented that. A genius, I must say. It allows you to safely change unwanted behaviors in your dog, like excessive barking or chewing or stealing or anything that really annoys you. Yes, these work on husbands, too. Companyofanimals.us. Thanks, guys, for underwriting Animal Radio. Hi, Teresa. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. You're on with Dr. Debbie. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. What can I do for you today? Well, I have a yellow lab, and um, she's seven years old this year, very, very healthy. But in the last eight months to a year, I've just all of a sudden noticed it's not a seasonal shedding. It is just like gobs and gobs of hair coming out. Um, You could just... After you brush her, if even if I brush her really good, and I've even got one of those little um, shedding brushes uh, to okay. try to get the um, hair up underneath. So I, I've done just about everything, but right after that, I can take my hand and just go across her, and the hair is just still coming out. I mean, it's just going on and on. And, it, and like I said, I was anticipating, you know, maybe spring or uh, fall or something like that, but or in the summer months especially, but... This is an ongoing thing, and I've just been hearing about a lot of different products um, and uh, on the radio, a couple of different ones, and I just didn't know what you might recommend. Well, this, this is oh, interesting. Yeah. This is the second call we've had about this today. And uh, so and it's a big deal, isn't it, Dr. Deb, around this time of year? It sure is. And I'd like to point out that both callers are Labrador Retriever owners. And, and and that is amazing because so many people think the short-haired breeds um, you know, don't have as many problems. But, boy, Labradors have that water-resistant coat. And uh, you are definitely experiencing um, the durability of that coat. Um, so you've tried some shedding tools you've mentioned? Yes. 
Okay. Is that the Furminator? Um, it's um, it's like a shedding blade. It's got the real close-knit teeth, and um, it's it was something that was advertised on TV. And it really, I guess, gets the undercoat um, or something like that. And it does work. I mean, I've, I've you know, really kind of thinned out the hair, but, um, but it's just like the loose, you know, um, hairs that are continually coming off. Yeah. So the the tool you're using is it kind of shaped like a like a teardrop on a handle? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I know which one you're meaning. And and those are useful definitely to get kind of that that deeper undercoat and and labradors especially on their hindquarters, um on their back legs, um even on their back, they tend to get this really thick undercoat and it takes repeated work to really get that out. So I, I definitely believe in using the different tools. If that one's working for you, great. Um, I, I personally started using the Furminator for my dogs and um, one of my labs has the kind of hair coat that it just keeps on coming and keeps on coming. The other one's got that real thin tight to the body coat so it doesn't do as much there. Um, but doing the manual removal of the hair and, and it really is a kind of a constant battle and there's definitely if you've listened to the show before there's some things that I advocate and and definitely one of the big things is to use uh, dietary fatty acid supplements and this isn't just like putting fish oil or bacon grease on the food um, but actually picking up a veterinary product that has a balanced omega fatty acid ratio and they're very useful to try to help keep the hair coat in good shape it doesn't stop shedding and there's really no product out there so if you ever hear those um, claims on TV that this pill is going to stop shedding, there's really nothing that's going to do that. But we can make the hair coat healthier, less dry, and maybe less apt to turn over in a certain um, period of time. So fatty acids are definitely a must that I would go with. Um, in addition to, to brushing, um, I definitely like some of the different conditioning treatments. Um, for my pets, I use a spray-on that's called Relief, and it's kind of like a, a doggy conditioner. And we never really use um, human conditioners. We're not going to put Clairol or anything like that on our pet. Um, but there are some good veterinary ones as well that you can apply and kind of brush in or even leave it in as a leave-in conditioner after a bath. And as long as you're not seeing any problems where you're having crust sores, anything like that where you're actually having some irregular hair loss, um, those are really situations where we need to look for something more medical in nature. Have you addressed any of these concerns with your veterinarian? Um, no. Uh, I went up there uh, on her last uh, checkup when they weigh her and they just do some general stuff. I think she got her rabies shots and that, like, you know, just updated on shots and everything. And I mentioned it to him, and he said what you just said. He doesn't mm-hmm. know of a, he says, I can sell you something because <laughs> I have it here. He says, but, you know, I just can't stand behind the product because you're going to get home and you're going to look and try to, you know, see some type of magical, you know, thing and it's going to stop. And he says, I can't tell you that this is going to stop the shedding. So, but he didn't mention anything about fatty acids. That was, um, or fish oils or anything like that, you know, so, hmm. Yeah, so give it a try. I'm a firm believer in it. And, uh, you know, and then what Mother Nature's created with that water impermeable uh, Labrador coat, um, some of that we can't undo. We just try to tame the beast there. (laughs) I see. Okay. Thank you for your call, Teresa. We appreciate it. I really appreciate it, too. Thanks. Y'all have a great show, and I I enjoy listening to it. You're awesome. We appreciate it. 1-866-405-8405. 
Animal Radio is underwritten by Neutralife Ultra Joint and Liver Support from Neutralife Pet with Sam E. Buy one box and get one free by using the code Animal Radio. Visit NeutralifePet.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Did that get your attention? That's how it works on your dog, correcting undesirable behaviors. It's important to handle any pet behavioral issues with love and care rather than pain or punishment. The Pet Corrector allows you to safely change unwanted behaviors in your dog, like excessive barking, stealing food or shoes, or chasing people and dogs. With a simple, you can stop all these problems. Find out more at www.companyofanimals.us and get the dog you've always wanted. Right, Max? Stella and Chewy's believes that selecting the best food is one of the most important decisions an owner could make for their pet. We believe that pets thrive when they're fed the same diet they'd get in the wild. Dogs and cats are carnivores, and meal mixers are a quick and convenient way to mix a little raw nutrition and great taste into their diet. Made from premium raw ingredients, like grass-fed meat and cage-free poultry, with organic fruits and vegetables, meal mixers help kickstart your kibble. Learn more at StellaAndChewy's.com. I am the family dog, and it's that time of year again. The one where pet parents start looking for Fido-friendly hotels and destinations where Fido is welcome. Make no bones about it. Pets are part of the family, and we like to sniff out new places too. And we hate to be turned away, especially when we're on our best behavior. So we won't be left out in the cold. Be sure to pick up a copy of Fido-friendly magazine to find the best hotels and destinations where Fido is always welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and subscribe today. Hi, this is Jesse Tyler Ferguson from Modern Family. I'm on Animal Radio. Adopt a pet. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio. Celebrating the connection with your pet. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. You can also ask your questions directly from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. And that's a great app to have because there's been a lot of recalls the last few days, and it's all up there on the app. That's where you're going to find out about it, the news that affects your pets when it happens. So uh, great, another great reason to have that app there. Wacky Wednesday is just around the corner, and uh, we have some great prizes to give out for somebody who uploads their wacky pet pictures over at our Facebook page. The most shares and the most likes picks up great prizes from our sponsors. Miss Judy Francis, what have you wrangled this week? Well, this is something I probably could have used a while ago. Yeah. From Ginger Lead, it's a premium belly sling with a leash and a handle. This is oh, for dogs. Oh, I love these. Yeah, that, that that have weak or you know weak hind legs, or if a dog has had surgery on a leg and they can't walk, it's a belly sling that you just put under them, and it gives you a handle so you can lift their back in, and they can still walk with their front legs while you kind of carry their back in so they don't use their back legs. Well, now how did you yes. run into one of these, Doctor Debbie? Well, we actually have some clients that use them, and um, they're very useful when you have a pet that has, say, you know really bad um, hip dysplasia or they're recovering from an orthopedic surgery and you, they, mm. they just, you don't want them to slip on tile floor or mm-hmm. any kind of unsteady surface. So it really can help them. And you know, the hard thing for a lot of people is getting the dogs up. So right. it helps them get up and then it just gives you that little bit of assur- assurance while they're walking. 
beautiful. You know, I'm looking at this picture from Ginger Lead, and it's actually, they have a different sling depending upon whether it's male or female. And the mm-hmm. size of the dog, too. Well, yeah, they have different sizes. I, I was kind of surprised they have them all the way down to the mini for, like, the chihuahuas. For, like, Ladybug. Yes, that would have been convenient to lift, you know, her back leg. And it's great for stairs and things like that if they've had surgery or they just can't, you know, don't have a lot of mobility. Okay, if you want to pick up on this, you're going to upload your wacky Wednesday pet pictures over at our Facebook page. The most likes, the most shares will pick up on this great prize from Ginger Lead. You know what I wanted to do? I'm sorry. Lori's jumping up and down in the studio over there. What do you got going on this hour? There is a therapy dog out there. I just admire those dogs and their owners so much, the work that they do. And this is a therapy dog. And he says that, well, his owner says that his dog, the therapy dog, is being discriminated against. This could really have some evil repercussions to it. Uh, I'll share you the background on this story in just a few minutes. That's on the way. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Cats can be so finicky, but a cat taking a trip on a ship bound from China to England survived only on condensation and cardboard. The little white cat jumped in a box of cooking ware and survived a 26-day journey in a sealed crate. She was found by surprised workers at a crockery supplier who were unloading the boxes and promptly named Chairman Meow. Chairman Meow was fed, vaccinated, and quarantined at a local animal center where she's enjoying being petted and fussed over. She'll soon be ready for a new home with food. Any kind of cat food would be fine. And I thought airline food was bad. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Are people to Animal Radio. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, Canine Caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at CanineCaviar.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. This is an Animal Radio News Update. Brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy with prescription medications and over-the-counter products like Advantix Flea and Tick Medication delivered right to your door. Learn more at fosterandsmith.com. I'm Lori Brooks. A pet partner's certified therapy dog has lost that certification because the organization says it found the Boston Terrier's biker costume to be a safety concern. It's kind of a he said, she said story right now, but I'll tell you what we do know. Five-year-old Chopper, a Boston Terrier, he's put in several years volunteering around the San Diego area in hospitals and senior centers on his mini motorcycle. Chopper's owner says pet partners told him it was concerned about the perception that Chopper may be creating in the community with regard to therapy pets. 
Well, even though Chopper has been doing this and riding around in his black leather vest, his biker goggles, and his bandana for several years, Pet Partners National Director of Communications says they're really simply enforcing a policy to ensure their certified animals behave appropriately. So whatever the reason, Chopper, though, is not going to leave this without a fight, and his owner is in the process of finding Chopper another organization who will accept him for his biker self, a biker dog on a motorcycle who makes his patients happy. And as a nurse in my off-duty time here, I think that's a great story. Like uh, something you would see on NCIS or CSI, one of those kind of shows, Finding Rover uses facial recognition technology, have you heard about this, to identify lost and found dogs in real time from a smartphone or your desktop or laptop, and it's something that is being done these days thanks to FindingRover.com. The app's facial recognition system actually scans a dog's unique features, so their eyes or their nose and the shape of them, and then keeps them on file just in case something happens to your pet. The app and website, they say, feature a lost and found dog social feed photo alert, and they photo alert users within a 10-mile radius when it happens. So when a user spots a lost dog, well, if that's you, then just take a photo. Or when a, a dog has been found and then later identified using the social recognition, the finder will receive information on exactly how they can notify the owner. So it sounds like a really handy thing to have, especially in a big city area. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy. With everyday low prices on products like Quellin and Rimadil delivered right to your door with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Learn more at FosterAndSmith.com. Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies have a vet VIPPS accredited online pharmacy covering all your pet's needs from heartworm medications and anti-inflammatories like Remedil to non-prescription items like canine Advantix Flea and Tick Preventive. Doctors Foster and Smith has your pet covered. We'll even contact your vet for you, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day with free shipping on orders over $49. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, Canine Caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at CanineCaviar.com. Delighted to say that in just a few minutes, comedian Kip Adana will be back with us here on Animal Radio. And uh, he's really a legend. Old school. You know what I mean? Very been old around. school, yes. He's taught. He was like the mentor for a lot of comedians, a lot of great comedians. Really? Like, well, Jerry Seinfeld, for instance. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. So I got some calls from some listeners, and uh, you were out of town when this happened. They were asking about fleas, and we had mentioned some natural remedies, and uh, we had talked about actually keeping them clean, if you keep them clean. Yeah, if you bathe your dog frequently, that wards off fleas. Now, you've been cleaning Ladybug and uh, Molly, the the studio stunt dog, once, once once a week. They both get a bath once a week. 
Once yes, a week. And people thought I was crazy bathing my dog that frequently. But I told them if you use the, the right, right products and it's not drying, it you can do it every day if you want to. So I think once a week is plenty. And you're using uh, the well, Lucy Pet Product shampoo. Have you seen this line yet, Joey, the Lucy Pet Products? I've been, believe it or not, I've been, I've been using it. I use the, um, <laughs> the, the conditioning spray actually in the salon. They, they got some really, really good quality products. What flavor have you been using? What fragrance you mean? Yeah, well, I say flavor because they're like apple and blueberry and coconut. Coconut. Yeah, I've done the purple rain, the lavender. I've done the coconut. I've done the berry berries. I've done the... Oh, the blueberry. The blueberry, I keep coming back to that one. That one's my favorite. I'm the coconut guy because I like it. smells like the beach. I like like that. Or a pina colada. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's that's the beach too. We've been able Tanning to oil and pina coladas. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, with this shampoo, I noticed that because you're doing it every week, it's not drying out her hair like other shampoos. No, surprisingly, would, would do. you know, little Molly is a she's a little dog that we pet sit here in the studio, and I washed her without telling her mom, and her mom couldn't believe how soft that she felt. She said she's never felt her fur. I guess it's coat and dog. Never felt her coat so soft. Another call came in this week. They were asking about if they can use this on cats. And while I can't speak to that, I'm sure you can Mm. use it on cats. But here's the deal. It's kind of hard to wash a cat. Yeah. (laughs) Son, you can do it now, guys. uh, I have done it. They have the uh, leave-in conditioner. Which is really good. And it's easy to put on the cats, and it makes them smell good, too. Yeah, and you just spray it on, and, you know, you can spray it on and brush it in. And if, what I do is I don't like to spray it directly on my pet. I spray it on my hands, rub my hands together, and then I rub it over their body. That way I can just make sure I don't get any in their eyes. And I it helps just, condition their skin, too. And my hands are feeling so soft. And they also, <laughs> i got to say, all the portion of their proceeds go to the Lucy Pet Foundation, which is a 501c3. They're a registered animal charity. Their mission is to reduce pet overpopulation population and support causes that benefit animal welfare so doing good stuff those people good are boosting. stuff it is yes. good stuff uh, the uh, violin players have entered the studio that could only mean one thing the dog father joey volani here on animal radio what's going on the question that i, that I received was from a, a woman that has a um, Lhasa Apso that she likes to keep in full coat. Apparently, the dog is, is next to um, show material, so she wants to keep it like a show dog. What she's noticing is is that the colors on the dogs are, on her dog is getting stained, and it's not looking as vibrant. Now, there's a couple of things it could be. It could be, of course, diet and nutrition. That's number one. According to this particular person, um, the dog goes to a pet nutritionist and everything, and that's not it. The other thing that you that you can't rule out is the products you're using. See, what happens is when people have these dogs that are wonderful specimens, they want to keep them looking good. So we just finished talking about this, which is so funny, a little while ago, about the products in the Lucy Foundation, um, where you know if you use the proper pet products, it's fine. But if you don't... What happens is it leaves residues behind. Now, I call it the un-ingredients. When you are looking for a good quality product, read it and see if it has anything that has oil, lanolin, grease, or silicone in it. Now, all of these products are beneficial at certain times, but when you're bathing your dogs weekly, 
Or some people, sometimes people even deal with more than that. I stay away from because you know what that does? It leaves a buildup. What ends up happening is, is that ends up staining the coat. Now, if you think about what oil or grease would do to a garment when it gets on, you can't get the stain out. It's no different than in your pet's coat. That's why years ago, breeders used to say this to put their pet in oil. And what they would actually do is they would actually put their pet in oil, <laughs> coat the, ha- the coat in oil, and that would protect it. But the problem was they had to now pull it out. So they'd use a harsh product to pull it out. If it didn't pull it out, the coat would stain and it would become a tacky dust rag. So stay away from those products to begin with. Look for the, the products that have the unengredients, just like 7-Up, the unengredients, no oils, lanolins, greases, or silicones. And if you stay away from them, if you're using, if, you, if you're bathing, you know, routinely um, more than two, three times a month, those are the products you want. And you'll have no more staining, you'll have no more discoloration, discoloration and you'll have beautiful coat. That's the same thing with human shampoo, too, isn't it? A lot of that stuff just it builds, builds up, up, and it's yeah. like wax. Yep, well, I could tell them, I mean, I mean, the amount of product I put in my hair, just gel alone, and absolutely, if, if <laughs> I don't, if, if, and I wash my hair every single day, um, but if, if I don't use something to strip out the old product, I'll feel it, and you'll feel the buildup. Yeah. Okay, well, there you go. Well, there's two ways to get in touch with Dr. Debbie or Joey Villani right now. One is through the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. You can ask your questions directly from the app, or call toll-free, old school now, one 866 405 58405 right now. Animal Radio is underwritten by Neutralife Ultra Joint and Liver Support from Neutralife Pet with Sam E. Buy one box and get one free by using the code Animal Radio. Visit NeutralifePet.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1 866 405 8405. Hi, Joanne Worley on Animal Radio. Hello! And please spay and neuter your pets. As a matter of fact, spay and neuter your friends' pets also. Give it to them as a present. What a good idea. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. I'm on the mission to see how many how many calls we can answer today. <laughs> One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. We go to uh, Joanne on line two. Hi, Joanne. How are you? We have a, a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel who has these silky ears, and she gets mats in her ears. If I neglect them at all, and sometimes I do. She gets mats on the ear itself, or behind the ears? No, in the hair of the ear. She has long, curly, long hair. She's a long, fine-haired dog, and she gets. Uh, the, the, it just turns into mats within two days. You, you, you know what it is? It's, it's it's from it's from the real fine hair, um, which um, King Charles's have. They got that flyaway hair. What you can do basically yeah. is get rid of that fine hair, and it's real, real easy. You get something what's called a stripping knife or a stripping stone, and you can um, basically get that at any pet store. And what you'll do is rake it through. Now, what it's going to do, it's going to reduce and pull out all that fine hair because that should really come out anyway. You can even do it oh. with. Did you ever see the um, um, the rubber fingers that that they count money with, you go, you get them in. Yes, in, 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 in like, and if, if you use that, you can actually pull that right out. It's not going to hurt the dog because it's, it's 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 basically dead coat, and you can actually hand pluck it right out. It'll actually make the ear look better, 
and the, the oh. color will come through more vibrantly. So it's actually a real easy fix. Get rid of that hair, and then if you, if you, of course you got to run, run a brush or a comb through it every now and then, but um, you won't have that problem coming up every two days if you do that. Um, it'll be more like you know every um, two to maybe four weeks. But oh, if you run goodness. a comb through it, you'll never have a problem. Well, thank you very much. I just love it. Thank you for your answer. You're welcome. Joanne, thank Thanks. you for your call today. Please drive carefully. one 405 8405 to connect with any one of the Dream Team. Well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Stella and Chewies. Here's a fact. Pets thrive when they're fed the same food they'd get in the wild. And Stella and Chewies meal mixers are an easy, convenient way to add raw, nutrient-rich meat, wholesome fruits, vegetables, probiotics, and antioxidants to any diet. Learn more over at StellaandChewies.com. And thanks, guys, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hey, everybody. This is Brett Michaels, and I just want to say you, right now, want to take... Wait, give me the line again. My brain skipped. <laughs> Brett Michaels... I just had one of my brain hemorrhage brain farts. Oh, Go don't ahead. do that. Say don't that do that. I don't want to be responsible for that. Trust me, it's me. Go okay. ahead. Animal Radio. Brett Michaels and Animal Radio. You got it. I knew the Animal Radio. Like, okay, here we go. Hey, this is Brett Michaels. You're listening to Animal Radio, and take care of your pets. They will rock your world. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. And let's head back to the phone. It's toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. Don't forget, you can also ask your questions on the free Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. It's, uh, it's free because Doctors Fosters and Smith made it free for you. Uh, let's go to Adam. Hey, Adam, how you doing? Excellent, thank you. Where are you calling from today? Southern California. How can we help you with your pets? Well, I've been having some problems. Six months ago, uh, my six-year-old male cat was diagnosed with uh, diabetes, and uh, we've been having some difficulty regulating his, his blood glucose level. Okay, so tell me what you're doing. Well, what we're doing is we're, we're giving him an insulin called Glaragene. Uh, okay. Lantus. That seems to be the most popular but uh, I can't afford it. It's quite expensive, so I, I go with I, I opted for the less expensive, which is the Novolin N. And okay. I'm not sure if this is a problem, but it's, it fluctuates too much between uh, anywhere from 40 to 450. Mm. Nothing, really, wow. nothing really changes except you know his numbers, and so okay. we're wondering, you know, is it possible that it's just the insulin, or is it is it something that we could do that can okay. uh, solve this problem? Well, good question. So let me ask you a couple things. What diet are you currently feeding? Well, we, uh, my wife feeds him salmon, uh, fresh salmon filet, like, you know, because to make him eat, we feed him a meal mm-hmm. before we give him his insulin. So he eats the salmon, uh, as, as, you know, because he won't eat his dry food right away. So we eat him, give him the salmon, and, and then she gives him a shot right afterwards. And okay. then, uh, in between, she, he has dry food. Um, uh, what kind of food is that? I just brands you can shout it out or tell me. Not a brand. It's just a. It's a Costco. Um, the Costco okay. brand that whatever they have there. It's okay. All righty. And how long did you say he's been diagnosed as uh, diabetic? Six months. 
six months. Okay. All right. So just to kind of, kind of lay out the groundwork here. So for kitties, cats are very much like people. So they tend to have type two diabetes, which is what we call non-insulin dependent diabetes. Type one is like what dogs get. And pretty much every dog has to have, um, insulin to help control that. The good thing about cats is we have some, some wiggle room here. And 80% of cats do have type two. So what that means is we have some opportunity to manage a diabetic cat with things like diet and other types of changes. So for me, when I have a newly diagnosed cat, there's two things that I stress very important. One, we get them on insulin right away. And two, we get them on a prescription, high-protein, low-carbohydrate diet. And the reason is those two things alone can help to put cats into diabetic remission, sometimes within a matter of just a few months, which means that from there, potentially, they can be managed with diet alone. And this is because of a couple different things. And But basically, we know that cats that are eating high carbohydrates have a higher rate of becoming diabetic. So getting them on a high-protein food when they are diabetic helps to control that. The other thing that can help dramatically is also to put them on canned food versus dry food. And in some research, they found that in cats that we did nothing else but change them from their dry food to canned food, that they had a better chance of going into diabetic remission. Now, you mentioned about insulin types, and my favorite is glargine, and I do feel that that's the best chance that we're going to get a cat into diabetic remission. If we start them on that and we use that in conjunction with diet, in many in a couple months, we may find that they may be fortunate enough to go into remission. So the goal would be that we're going for a high-protein diet, and that's just not like reading the label and saying, oh, this has got a lot of protein in it. There are actually diets that are medically proven to manage and control diabetes. So I would use the ones that are recommended by your veterinarian. They are more expensive, but if it's a matter of doing that versus spending $120 for a bottle of insulin, you know you're heading in the right direction there. And then if your cat is overweight, obesity is a huge problem and a risk factor for diabetes in cats. And cats that are overweight have almost four times the chance of becoming diabetic than those that are in lean body mass. Um, I say he's overweight, um, but he's just, a, he's just a big cat. He's, he's uh, 25 and a half pounds, and um, I, I was hoping that you weren't going to say the insulin because we're going from a $24 insulin bottle to a $300 insulin bottle, yeah. Which, yeah. Is, which is significant, and, he's, and I, I post, but I wasn't sure if it would balance out differently because we're giving him over, I think we're about... 12 units a day, six, six units uh, in the morning. Yeah, that's pretty high. That's pretty yeah, darn high. It's every 12 hours. And when you're getting swings in blood sugar levels and we're going from 40 to 450, we are not in any way, shape, or form controlled. And what can actually happen is when we give the insulin, if it drops the blood sugar rapidly, and then the body says, okay, now I need to raise my blood sugar. So then we'll get these huge swings. So um, I would say that is definitely a problem. And you might ask your veterinarian about a couple options with the glargine. There are some pharmacies in our area that I know that will uh, we can use the pens um, that they prescribe for people. And they may offer to split the packaging. Um, so normally I think they're sold in a package of like three or five. Um, so if you can move to the pen then, and you can buy one of them, then that's less um, costly on the initial outlay. Um, and, and then I do believe that through compounding pharmacies you can look at that as well to find another alternative as well. So, so there's other alternative than just buying the... Uh uh, paying the three hundred dollars or two hundred eighty dollars of what it what it actually costs to pay a cash value for it. 
Right. And this is because we're using a human insulin. So that's the thing is that, you know, this is what the real cost of human insulin is out on the market. So they don't give us any discounts when it comes to the animals. So I hope that helps you some. There's a you know a couple ideas there and uh, we all, good we, luck with things. There. Yeah. We all salute you right now for the uh, hard work you're doing to maintain your pet's health. And a lot of people don't have that kind of dedication that you have. So Yep. And please call back at any time if you have any more questions. Thank you so much. You know, I'm hearing so much lately with um, di- diabetic um, cats. Um, you know, more than, I don't know if it's just more of an awareness about it now, but when I was a kid, you never heard of it. There's definitely been a huge upswing in, in diabetes incidents. Hey, if you want to talk to Dr. Debbie or Joey Volani, why don't you give us a holler right now? Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. In just a few minutes, comedian Kip Adada will be joining us. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. A West Virginia pilot was taking a leisurely flight in his single-engine plane when he found a stowaway peering out of his instrument panel. A four-and-a-half-foot snake. 62-year-old Monty Cole said nothing in any flight manual ever described anything like this. The snake jumped out, landed at Cole's feet, and then darted to the other side of the cockpit. While maintaining control with one hand, he grabbed the head of the snake with the other and called for an emergency landing clearance, telling them he had one hand full of snake and another full of plane. After a smooth landing and some photos, the stowaway snake was set free to experience more grounded adventures. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Coming up today, Kip Adada, comedian Kip Adada, big pet lover. The last time we talked to him, he had a fairly old cat. It was uh, 2007 we talked to him, Mm -hmm. and hopefully he still has that cat. Do you know? I don't know. We'll, we'll have to find out. 2007 to now depends on how old it was. Yeah. yeah that's, well, that was eight years ago. Yeah. So it has to be. Unless it was a kitten at the time. I don't know. Well, we'll find out in just a couple of minutes. The guy loves his animals. and I'll tell you that right now. And he'll be back with us. But before that, we are answering your questions about your animals, uh, whether it's about fleas or vomiting or your inappropriate urination or bad behavior, chewing. We had a call last hour about someone who their dog chewed the legs of tables. Yes, yes. And I'm glad, Hal, that you did distinct, <laughs> you made the distinction, answer your calls about um, animals, because I did <laughs> last week somebody who really wanted me to go over the diagnosis of ringworm in people and how it's treated in people. And I was like, uh, I, my jaw dropped. I was like, I deal with animals. You need to see your human doctor. <laughs> and I, I think I had to say it several times. Well, now, ringworm, that's, that's something you can get from your animals, can you not? Yes, but as I like to say, you can give it to your animals, too. Oh, okay. <laughs> Never thought about it that ways. way. Okay. Well, if you'd like to talk to Dr. Debbie right now, the toll-free number, 1-866-405-8405. Hello? Hi, who is this? Uh, this is Paul. Hi, Paul. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Very well. Where are you calling from? Kamii, Idaho. Where is that? Uh, North Central Idaho, kind of in the base of the handle, about 150 miles west of Missoula. Hey, Paul. How are you? I'm doing great. Hey, I've got a fishing trip planned up in your parks in the next month or so. I'm looking forward to it. 
Come on down. It's beautiful country. It's pristine America, man. It is awesome. Yes. Can't beat it. No. So what's going on today? I have a one-year-old miniature schnauzer female, spayed at six months, and when she gets really excited, most of the time when I come home, uh, she gets excited for maybe 10, 15 seconds, jumping up and down, excited, daddy's home, blah, 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 and then she kind of plotses. She falls down? She falls down, and then that lasts about 10 or 15 seconds. Now, our vet has... Uh, diagnosed her with a heart murmur and says that's what's causing it mm, okay now i love the little dog she's just the coolest thing what can I, I i know she's got a limited life but is there anything i might do to uh minimize the event okay well good questions here and um as far as beyond her having those episodes where she's kind of falling over and collapsing does she have any problems coughing any problems playing no. does she jump oh, and play she's and extremely social um she's almost like a person i mean she's just really mean <laughs> but one other item occasionally when she when she plotses the very first time it happened um we were running and then it happened and she actually pooped and piddled both at the same times and yelped and then she went okay. down now she doesn't yelp or anything but after the i i call it a uh, anxiety attack she just plotses and she does piddle sometimes I think she just loses control. Okay. And she doesn't actually lose consciousness or anything of that sort? No, Is she kind of with it? It just looks like she's kind of in the twilight zone for about 10 or 15 seconds. Um, very limp. She just, you know, she'll, she'll kind of start going over and sometimes she'll fall over. And then uh, a couple of times her feet have kind of twitched a little bit. Oh, and, um, you know, I'd, I'd hate to go put her down because she's such a fun thing, but... Um, you know, I'm just wondering, now, my wife has given her, what is it, melatonin in little bits occasionally to kind of cool her out, like for car rides and stuff like that. Yeah. Because she loves barking at things. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the schnauzer lifestyle is to bark at everything that the wind blows, that is no doubt. Yeah, that's her um, job. Yeah, and I want to kind of back up a little bit and talk about, you know, we talked, you mentioned something, what we call a heart murmur. And basically, when we hear a heart murmur, um, that's basically an abnormal sound that tells us the blood is not flowing in the right direction, kind of almost like swimming against the stream in a, a swimming pool. Um, so we hear an abnormal sound. Now, there are some murmurs that go away when dogs are pups, and that would typically be, be about four to five months. So if she's still got a heart murmur and you're seeing those signs, you know, I would I would agree with them. There, there's something serious going on. Um, from here, there's a couple things that would really help in, in deciding what our options are for her. Um, and one of the big things would be to get an ultrasound on her heart um, because there's a lot of different congenital problems that dogs can be born with um, that cause murmurs. And ultimately, some are definitely more treatable than others, and some are more progressive in, in how bad they make the pet feel. So it's a little hard to say ultimately where you might go without a more specific diagnosis. And I would definitely encourage you, if that's at all possible, get a heart ultrasound because that will really help make that call um, okay. and I've had some some dogs here at my own office that you know I catch that murmur young and we kind of many times we kind of wish it away and, and, and hope that that doesn't create a problem and we really want to jump on that before there's too much of a problem for the pet yeah. um, but but there might be some things at this point you know keeping her comfortable 
Um, there are some medicines that we treat if we're dealing with congestive heart failure. So medicine like um, uh, Lasix, some vasodilators, which treat the effects of the heart failure but aren't going to like ultimately diuretic. Yeah, diuretic. That's Lasik, okay. and that's kind of like a water pill. My vet had said, you know, in a few years she'll start collecting water in her lungs and her stomach, and we'll put her on diuretics. He's a, yeah, he's a country some... doctor, and we love him. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that would be the big thing is whether if you have the capability to have a veterinarian do an ultrasound on her, that, that's really the biggest thing. And, you know, if not, you know, there are some of these problems that are slowly progressive and may take a couple of years until, you know, we really have some decreased quality of life. Um, right. You know, but there are some things like, you know, the, the diuretics, um, the vasodilators, which actually kind of decrease the volume of blood that the heart is faced with at a given moment. And that can really make a difference as well in kind of um, easing some of the, the workload on that heart that's already having some problems. So those okay. those might be some things to think about. And then, you know, one of the big things we want to do with any heart disease patient is keep them in good, healthy weight. Um, oh, so this is where... She does not eat anything but dog food. And I've, I've got her on puppy chow, Purina, we're, we're trying to dog chow, but we, we gave it to her once and she got sick. So we don't know if that was a clinky dink or if we have to leave her. Oh, she went to the, ad- oh, the adult food didn't agree with her as well. And, and sometimes, didn't you know, making that adjustment. It. Yeah, so do we, that we're, gradually. We're trying to blend it. I think with what you're describing with her having these problems and these episodes, you know, she is definitely a special needs dog and, you know, make sure everyone in the household is prepared for that. And, you know, if at all possible, you know, some of these things are completely treatable. If you have the, the veterinary means around you, um, there are some different procedures. Some are surgical type procedures to help her out. Um, you know, it might not be the particular case for her, but I really think, you know, we'll get a diagnosis and we can tell you a little bit better where we can go with things. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for the call. Um, we really appreciate it, and uh, you know, have a great day here. This is Dr. Debbie at Animal Radio. Give me a call, 1-866-405-8405. Hey, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by those folks over at Solid Gold Holistic Pet Food, crafted with gold source core nutrition for your pet's optimal health. Each Solid Gold recipe is perfectly balanced for a lifetime of happiness. Make the solid gold switch today. And thanks, guys, for underwriting Animal Radio. Hi, John. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Very good. You're on with Dr. Debbie. Uh, yes, I have a question. Uh, my, I have a, well, actually, I have two Shiba Inus, and uh, one of my Shiba Inus has developed uh, Cushing's disease. And I just wanted to make sure um, I, we've been, um, uh, I started off with homeopathic and then, uh, you know, doing with changing the diet research on the internet and then uh, started with Anapril, which didn't do anything. Now I'm doing uh, Trilostane, which I have to get from the UK. And mm-hmm. I just want to want to know if the, what else can I do for my baby, <laughs> for my dog? Uh, I oh. just want to do the best for him. Um, we noticed that he had, did, the reason why I found out because the over-excessive panting, aggressive eating, um, just couldn't settle down, um, losing muscle tone in the rear legs. Um, and now I'm on the trilostane, and we're still in the process of kind of regulating what the dosage, and we'll be getting some blood work this week from my vet. So I just want to know what else. Um, not many vets know much. I mean, it's very weird. Uh, I've called all around vet schools around the country, emailed, and it seems kind of a fairly new thing in, animal, in dogs and how to treat it. Yeah, well, it, it's a definitely a tough disease, and and um, I was going to ask you how long did it take from your first concern? To oh the point gosh, where you did... uh, months. 
We actually, I thought it was, di- he was diabetic, because he was drinking so much water, I thought he was diabetic. Went in, found out uh, something with the liver enzyme. He's 12 years old, so he's, we've done a lot of geriatric testing the last, uh, since he's been nine. So mm-hmm. each year, my vet noticed some enzymes were out of whack, so he actually caught it. Then while he has pituitary uh, cushions, they found that, that he had seven, bl- he had gallbladder stones, so they had to cut him oh open. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so he's been through a lot. So he, that oh, all happened in April. Yeah, that happened in April. Um, and was he having any problems? Because a lot of pets with Cushing start to have some hair coat loss or well, get what we uh, call a pot belly. Yes. The pot belly, no. He didn't get that because I read a lot about that. But see, after he had his gallbladder stones uh, taken out in April, his hair has not grown back at all. <laughs> so he has this big bald spot on his, and he's a white dog. So he has a pink belly. So I call him little piggy, little piglet, because he looks like a little pig. Uh, because there's no, because he has a pink skin. The hair is not growing back yet. I know that affects the hair growth. And and there are a lot of different therapies out there for Cushing's disease. Kind of starting yeah. on the milder end of things. Sounds like you kind of started with Anapril. Um, yeah, it didn't work. Yeah. And for some dogs, if we're just looking for a control of some of the clinical signs and we're not really ready to commit to the level of monitoring and care that some of these other medicines require, it's a good place to start. Um, but it may not help every dog. So um, you may be familiar with Lysodrin, um, which is the kind of the old standard for treating yes, Cushing's disease. Yes. And it's basically, when you look at it, it's truly a chemotherapy drug in a sense, that it's actually trying to uh, destroy those abnormal cells in the adrenal glands. Um, so yes, there can be a lot of side effects. Um, in, in proper management, it's a wonderful drug and it can help a lot of pets. Um, but it does have, um, you know, it's definitely downsides. Um, you mentioned another medicine, which is actually the treatment of favor um, for a lot of veterinarians now, and it's called trilostane. Um, I've I've had definitely good success with that, and some of the patients I put on that have remarkably improved to the point where um, I had a client ask me if I could get it for her. <laughs> she was wanting to get her um, get up and go up going again. Um, <laughs> But that, that medicine, um, I'm very comfortable that we have fewer side effects with that. Um, you still need to manage it with your veterinarian, and they have to do what they call the ACTH stim test and, and monitor those values so they can get the right dosage. But I love the drug, and uh, it's actually being compounded now in the States, so it does take some doing to get it in. But um, if you work with your veterinarian um, in potentially a compounding pharmacy where they make that up, um, it's a very reasonable uh, way to manage Cushing's disease. Um, and hopefully you'll see less problems with the panting, uh, the water intake. Um, a lot of dogs will even have some breathing problems where they can um, you know, have labored breathing, coughing, things like that. So um, I think you're heading down the right way there, John. I guess if I was going down the right path and just making sure um, with the trilostane, that, that's what I, from research, that I thought was the best, and I just kind of wanted to, I guess, <laughs> just to get a confirmation, yes or no, that was kind of going down the right road. So. Well, absolutely. That's what I'm here for. So if you've got questions, you want to know, are you heading down the right path? Give me a call. I want to talk to you at one 405 you're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405.
Time for another Nutri-Life Pet Tip. How's your pet's joint health? Are they enjoying their carefree lifestyle? Here's some hints that your dog is having joint problems. Maybe they're starting to become a little withdrawn. Or you notice they can't uh, go up and down stairs as fluidly or get into the car as easily. You might even notice just a little bit of a limp or they might be just favoring one leg. Do you know that nearly 70% of cats and 40% of dogs have arthritis? Be sure to stay on top of your pet's joint health. That was a Nutri-Life Pet Tip. Visit NutriLifePet.com. Sadly, many dogs suffer with weak joints, affecting their ability to walk. Thankfully, there's Ultra Joint and Liver Support from Nutrilife Pet with Sam E., the proven supplement for joint health. Ultra Joint and Liver Support from Nutrilife Pet can help restore your animal's quality of life. Buy one box of Ultra Joint and Liver Support and get one free by using coupon code ANIMALRADIO. Order yours at www.nutrilifepet.com and get your pet up and running. The more you learn about your insurance coverage, the more gaps you might find. Like how you thought you were covered for this. Check out my new addition. Wow, I love this new master bedroom. When you're really only covered for this. Check out my new addition. Wow, a Murphy bed. Now you see it. Now you don't. Or how you may be covered if you drive your car into a pool. That pool came out of nowhere. But not if you drive a carpool. Talk to a farmer's agent about what gaps might be hiding in your insurance. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Get your planning card at Exxon or Mobile and start earning points at lots of places. So I get points for filling up at Exxon? You sure do. What about getting coffee at Mobile? Points. Streaming TV shows on Hulu? Definitely. Points on my AT&T wireless bill? Yep. Buying soap? At Rite Aid. Buying you a birthday present? Points at Macy's. Visiting your parents? No. You get marriage points. Oh. Exxon and Mobile are the only fuel brands that are part of Plenty, the rewards program that lets you earn points at one place and use them at another. Join Plenty for free through a participating Exxon or Mobile station today. Terms and limitations apply. See Plenty.com slash partners for details. I wish I could fall asleep. Jennifer had a stressful day, and now her mind is spinning at bedtime. I have a big day tomorrow. It's time for new Unisom Sleep Minis. The tiny capsules are non-habit forming and work fast. They're the little help busy people need to get a good night's sleep and wake recharged. (sighs) Good night. New Unisom Sleep Minis. A stressful day deserves a restful night. Use as directed. Active ingredient diphenhydramine hydrochloride. Hey everybody, this is Kenny Lee Lewis from the Steve Miller Band. Just want to tell everybody out there on Animal Radio, thanks for loving your pets. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. radio and it's a good thing it's not tv <laughs> animal tv you wouldn't want to see what's happening in this well you've got right all here. this new music i haven't heard in a long time we're just switching it's old music it old is new old music, music. i us. know this music it's fresh we're just freshening it up after almost 15 years doing this can you believe that comedian kipadada he's a father grandfather songwriter entertainer one of the greatest comedians a pioneer of comedians a lot of comedians looked at him and learned about what he did and became comedians themselves, like Jerry Seinfeld. And I uh, didn't know that. He will be joining us in just a few minutes. We spoke to him about eight years ago. Oh, that's a long time. I don't know how old he is. I think we're all getting up there. Yes, <laughs> we to are. Say. And speak for yourself there, Hal. Well, I'm except not, you. I'm, You're, I'm fighting it the whole way, man. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that you have figured something out down there at the clinic that reverses your age and that you're, you're either uh, going backwards or staying in limbo. Pretty you sure know what I'd that. have to say? A, a great um, uh, older person that I encountered said, the best thing you can do to stay young into your older years is to smile every day. 
that you know what well, that's true because it makes people wonder first of all what you're thinking if you're smiling <laughs> but if if you fill the attitude good. of being happy you're going to become happy it actually yes, manifests it releases itself. endorphins and actually the physical act of smiling makes you feel better and once you get past that fake grimace kind of stage then it just makes you feel better well you know what that explains a whole hell of a lot right there because you are like one of the most charismatic smiley people that I know and it shows in your face you look young and you know what I'm just going to my smile lines right I'm smiling <laughs> from now on. That's all I'm doing. Okay. Lori, what are you working on? I'm, I'm debating on if I can say this or not. Sure. Um, my, my notes say, why does this animal suck? <laughs> <laughs> but, but next to it, I have a note that says this is a legitimate study and an interesting question, so we'll give you all the details in just a few. That's on the way. Let's go to your calls first. Toll free. 1-866-405-8405. Do you hear the smile in my voice? I hear it, Smiling. Hal. Yay. Hi, Tina. How are you doing? I have a Rottweiler that has irritable bowel disease or syndrome. And he's okay. nine years old. And I was wondering, we've been doing prednisone, and that seems to help, but we just can't seem to get him to gain weight. Now, I'm going to back up a little bit. You said he has irritable bowel syndrome. Uh-huh. Um, now, what, what particular signs does he actually have? Um, he's lost quite a bit of weight through the summer because of this, and uh, we go through bouts of diarrhea or throwing up or both. Did he ever have um, a doctor actually do a biopsy, or are we just working off of a presumed diagnosis of that? Well, he's had all the blood tests to rule out other problems, and we have done everything except a biopsy. Okay. Okay, because the reason I ask is there's kind of two distinct syndromes, and what what we kind of know in people is irritable bowel syndrome is kind of more of a um, more of a psychosomatic type problem where emotion, stress, kind of triggers all the nasty runs and such. Um, when we're dealing with um, inflammatory bowel disease, that's kind of a different syndrome, and that's actually where the digestive tract has inflammation and changes within the wall of the digestive structure. So if we're dealing with something like that, then typically, you know, we're looking for a, a biopsy to get a prompt or um, a more specific diagnosis. If we don't have that, you know, a lot of times we will treat just off of ruling out all those other possibilities, things like parasites or um, food allergies or other types of metabolic problems. And you didn't mention anything as far as diet, but that is definitely one thing that we can try to address with um, inflammatory bowel disease and, and those type of signs is um, trying to put the pet on a hypoallergenic uh, type diet. Have you had any steps in that way? Uh, yes, we have changed his diet. We've taken him off of anything that has flour in it because I've noticed that seems to set off the Cycle. Have we ever entertained the idea of adding another medication in? There's another medication called Imuran, which sometimes we'll add in, even along with a dog that's on prednisone for that type of problem. But it is, you know, it's a, a potent uh, suppressant on the immune system, so we want to make sure that, A, we got the right diagnosis, and that, B, um, you know, everything else is good, and we monitor our blood and so forth. I so uh, On an enzyme that my vet recommended, a digestive enzyme, Yes, and, and that was probably a pancreatic supplement. Uh-huh. For some dogs, um, the basic idea with that is that it helps them to kind of pre-digest their food um, so that it kind of uh, is absorbed more efficiently in their body. So so that's something as well that, yeah, it might be worthwhile if they've mentioned that and you haven't tried that. I would, I would look into it.
This is an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy, with prescription medications and over-the-counter products like Advantix Flea and Tick Medication, delivered right to your door. Learn more at fosterandsmith.com. I'm Lori Brooks. Well, maybe you saw when the Internet was all abuzz recently with the image of a baby elephant that appeared to be sucking its trunk. It was really the cutest thing. Well, that prompted a lot of people to do further thinking and to ask the question that now we know is yes. The answer is yes. Baby elephants do suck their own trunk just like human babies suck their thumbs. And it seems they do it for the same reason. Comfort. Just like human newborns, elephant calves are born with a strong sucking reflex. They say that helps them instinctively know where and how to find their mother's milk. And aside from the comfort it provides, trunk sucking helps an elephant calf learn how to use and control his trunk, which, by the way, has more than 50,000 individual muscles in it. And while trunk sucking is primarily a mannerism that is found in younger elephants, older elephants, did you know, even mature bulls have been seen to be sucking their trunks when they are nervous or upset. Ecuador has released 201 tortoises on Santa Fe Island there in the Galapagos Archipelago, where a similar subspecies of giant tortoise went extinct more than 150 years ago because humans took a pretty hefty toll on the ecosystem back then. These tortoises, which were released over the weekend, were raised in captivity and are believed to be anywhere between 4 and 10 years old. They're those huge, one of the many of the huge giant kind that you find there in the Galapagos. Islands. Now, of these, they say 30 of those tortoises will have radio transmitters that will allow park rangers to follow them in the wild. The project will also study the changes that occur in the ecosystem so they don't repeat that mistake with the tortoises and the animals' coexistence with the approximately 6,500 land iguanas that also will share the island with them. And the Human Animal Bond Research Initiative is giving $13,000 to answer the question, does reading aloud in a classroom to a classroom pet like a rabbit help improve a student's reading skills? They're betting that the answer is yes. Experts say the human animal bond can lessen the stress that young children sometimes feel in the classroom, and they believe it will show classroom interactions with animals like rabbits and guinea pigs will improve students' oral fluency and reading comprehension. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy. With everyday low prices on products like Quellin and Rimadil delivered right to your door with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Learn more at FosterAndSmith.com. Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies have a vet VIPPS accredited online pharmacy covering all your pet's needs from heartworm medication and anti-inflammatories like Remedil to non-prescription items like canine Advantix flea and tick preventive. Doctors Foster and Smith has your pet covered. We'll even contact your vet for you, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day with free shipping on orders over $49. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. Geico presents Kathy, the candid realtor. Okay, and right around here is the kitchen. Gas range, granite countertops, all those gadgets you registered for will look great up here until that toaster overheats and takes out everything in a two-foot radius. It's hard to know all that comes with renting a home or apartment. That's why the GEICO Insurance Agency makes getting covered for personal property loss and damage quick and easy. Visit GEICO.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be.
You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. We're going to head back to the phones in just a couple of seconds. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. But first... Has it really been eight years since we visited with this guy? Yes, it has. That's been way too long. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Of course, I was introduced to this next guest in L.A. Uh, He did uh, the the big song you might remember on Dr. Domeno. For those of you that remember Dr. Domeno, Wet Dream, which is, of course, come on, get your mind out of the gutter. It's about fish, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Kip and Dada joining us. Hey, Kip, how are you doing? Who is this? This is Hal. Hi, Hal. uh, wet dream uh, it was uh, uh, a gift from God to me. It came down to me, and I wrote. It took me six months to write it, <laughs> and another six months to perfect it. And it's one of three top ten songs I've been uh, blessed to have had. Uh, I, I'm a, a little deeper, a little wider than wet dream. Oh, I know that. Oh, well, I wait, know wait a minute. I want. I still want to know what it is. What is wet dream? I'll play it for you. It's it's, it's a uh, song that I wrote. Uh, it's all about fish. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know what you were thinking there, Judy. <laughs> I was worried. <laughs> the last time we talked to you, you had a cat named Harley. Probably the longest relationship you ever had with a female, you had said. And uh, Good memory, yes. Uh, 23 years. Wow. That really is a lengthy life for a kitty. My cat Harley, God bless her and keep her, she was... My love, and, and still is, there's not a day goes by that I don't think of Harley. And how could I not, uh, after 23 years of, of her, her great company, and she was such a smart cat. She, Harley was next to being brilliant. And what traits did he have that she, showed his, she have that showed uh, the genius off? Well, uh, she, uh, after a while, got tired of her litter box and started doing her business in the toilet. Really? And flushing. And flushing, did you say? Yes, sir. And you didn't teach her this? No. No, she just kind of I guess, got it from watching. Wow. That's, <laughs> That's pretty amazing. incredible. I, I don't think I've ever heard of that. What? Well, I've heard, I've heard of it before. Yeah, but it takes a lot of training. Not with Harley. What, uh, what do you attribute Harley's long life to? Did you feed Harley anything special? I fed her quality canned food. She was never overweight. She she never, I don't know if she weighed six pounds, uh, but, you know, she was not a big cat. And uh, she was friends with all the animals in the, in the neighborhood, including the skunks and raccoons. And <laughs> it was uncanny, though. I would walk out in front and there she would be sitting with a, a skunk. Watching, watching the traffic go by. She probably didn't have a lot of fleas. Uh, she didn't have them because I kept uh, her, her her products that you can get. I had a flea infection once in my house infestation, rather. Wow! In my in my house, and uh, I I heard from someone that if you you have a, like a a, a a cake pan or a pie tin or whatever, and you put soapy water in it and suspend a light bulb over it, that all the fleas will jump at that light bulb and then land in the soapy water and uh, and die. And that's what I did, and it worked very, very well. But thank God, that only happened 
I only got a flea infestation in my home once. So you put, let me make sure you got, the, I get this right. I had, you had some kind of container and in it you put soapy water and hung a light bulb above it and the fleas right. would jump into the soap and that was it. Bye bye. They would jump towards the light bulb. Okay. How high did you have to have it suspended above the pan? Good question. About six inches. So they're probably going for the heat thinking that there was an animal passing by or something. They jump in and then they get. Well, I don't know. I don't know if heat or light or whatever. I don't know. You know, we've been looking for all of these non-chemical remedies for getting rid of fleas. So that's a, that's another one we'll chalk up there on the board. Yeah, it doesn't work without the light. And and see, what happens is at night, this all goes on at night. and uh, They don't jump in there during the day? They do not. Okay. They've got other sources of light. Another little thing that I've, I've learned is that uh, if your dog or your animal gets fleas from the grass, if you water your lawn, that'll stop because fleas hate water. Are you going to get another animal? No. We've done a lot of thinking about this, my lady love and I, and uh, we're both pet lovers and animal lovers. And, and uh, no, we're tired of the mourning process and uh, of a certain age now where I don't want to uh, have uh, my, a pet outlive me. How about some fish? I've had fish. I've had, all of my life, I've had pretty much everything that's not considered exotic. We're having trout today, by the way, for dinner. <laughs> bon appetit. Well, it's so good to speak to you again. You sound, sound so good. You sound chipper. <laughs> he said I sound chipper. <laughs> thank you, Hal. You sound chipper. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> and by the way, I want to thank both of you and, uh, and Animal Radio for having me on again. It's always a pleasure, and I, I've been listening. It's fascinating and so full of important information for pet lovers. I like the uh, uh, Animal Radio a lot. That means so much coming from you. The hairs on my back are standing up to hear you say that. That is wonderful. I appreciate that. And I've been following you all my life. And uh, we'll continue to do it again. But this time, let's not wait eight years, okay? Yeah, please. There you go. Kip Adada joining us. Check out his website, kipadada.com. That's spelled K-I-P-A-D-D-O-T-T-A.com. And I'll put links over at animalradio.com. We have on the phones. We have Melissa on the phones. Melissa, please save us. My kitty is about a two, maybe three year old uh, domestic short haired male, and he develops sores on the sides of both sides of his face periodically. And it's, it'll start out as a little, like, kind of a scabby feeling bump under the fur, and eventually it opens up into a little open, weeping sore. And then I either treat it with a little ointment or a, a hydrogen peroxide, and they go away. And then uh, maybe they'll be gone a couple of weeks, and then they come back. Oh, golly. What's your kitty's name? Marshmallow. Marshmallow. Oh, and how yeah. old is Marshmallow? Uh, maybe maybe two or three. I picked him up as a stray also. <laughs> so how long has this all been going on that you've been seeing these sores? Oh about six months now and and they used to go away and they'd be gone for several weeks and now it seems like about the time they heal they come back and he is on 
regular flea treatment medicine, you know, the front line or whatever, and, and, and I give, give him occasional baths when I think that might help to cleanse him, but nothing seems to keep them from recurring. Okay, and let me ask you this. Is, is Marshmallow bothered by this? Are we scratching, rubbing? Yes. Are we uncomfortable? Yes, yes. Okay. Right, like they itch. Well, what you're describing, actually the first thing that comes to my mind is that we might be dealing with some kind of an allergic skin disease. A lot of times cats will develop types of lumps and sores on the face area, and that can actually be a result from a type of an allergy, whether it be to something they're eating, um, say a particular protein in their food, um, or something even environmentally, Um, you know, pollens in the air, um, insects, um, you name it, just about anything that people can be allergic to, cats and dogs can be as well. And cats can develop a a type of a lesion called miliary dermatitis on the face. And it kind of looks like little little pimples, and sometimes they crust and they bleed, and there'll be hair loss. And some will be itchy, some will be not so itchy. But if it's in the face area, then that would probably be one of the first things that I'd really investigate. So um, I would definitely see if you can do a drive-through and get into a vet's office, because I would really want to see about maybe getting a little bit of some surface check on those areas, see if there's anything growing in there, any infection, um, things like ringworm. You know, we got to keep our eyes open for something like that in cats, even though your other pets aren't affected. Some animals will get just a little local spot on the face where that can really kind of take hold. And then I would definitely look at um, food because I'll, um, with food allergies, we can see cats that get these kind of sores, this miliary dermatitis on their face. Um, so I would definitely say that's a good, a good way that we might want to go for marshmallow there. This portion of Animal Radio is brought to you by Solid Gold Holistic Pet Food. You know, 40 years is a pretty long time, even in people years. And that's just how long Solid Gold's been working to improve the lives of pets everywhere. Through love, care, and a little thing called holistic pet nutrition, you'll find well-balanced nutrition and recipes you can trust with Solid Gold. Thanks, guys, for underwriting Animal Radio. Hi, who's this? This is Connie from Hood River, Oregon. Hi, Connie. How are you doing? Hood River, Oregon. That's beautiful up here today. Well, you are on with Dr. Debbie. Hi, Dr. Debbie. Well, hi, Connie. How are you doing today? Really good, really good. Awesome. I've got a a, a three-year-old cat, and um, he just, I don't know why, but he seems to throw up pretty regularly, at least once or twice a week, and I'm not really sure why. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I'm sorry, Connie. I'm not getting discouraged with your call, but... Vomiting cats are like the mainstay of veterinary medicine and veterinarians just like myself. We, we love to help cats, but sometimes it is one of the most frustrating problems and partly is because what you're seeing is it's like a on again, kind of off again problem mm-hmm. and it can be really tricky to dance through this. So I'm going to do my best to help you and I want to give you some good answers, but the big thing that veterinarians find frustrating with vomiting cats is that there's so many causes of it, and it's not that we don't know what happens or what causes vomiting, but it is a plentiful uh, diagnosis out there. So uh, tell me about your kitty and what he's doing. Well, um, I, I only feed him the natural balance of Dick Van Patten, and other than that, I mean, he'll eat vegetables and stuff, but everything that I do feed him that's people food is always is always fresh. It's nothing that I've cooked or anything. And... Um, He's not overweight, and he's very active. He just seems to, and, and sometimes it's got food in it, and sometimes it's just like 
you know, hairball-y kind of stuff. Or, but it just, and he just wrenches, and it, I just feel so bad. It's horrible to watch. Yeah. Now, is, is he a long-haired cat or a short-haired cat? Yes, long-haired. Long-haired. So the hairballs would definitely be a concern, and you mentioned that he brought up some hair on occasion. Yeah, he has. Not a lot. It's not all of it, but it, it's some of it. Okay. And have you gone to see the veterinarian for this concern at, at this point? Well, I haven't because he seems to be still, you know, he's not lost a lot of weight and his color's real good and he's still real active. So it just seems like it's just part of his routine. Yeah. And does anything precipitate it? Does anything start before he vomits? Is it after, right after he eats or after he's playing or canned no, food versus dry more, food? Yeah, I think it's more after he's played. I think it's kind of a, yeah, he's real active. And then, he, yeah, it, it's more after he plays. Okay. Yeah, and that can definitely be something. Does he tend to overeat or eat very quickly? Well, I'd say he probably eats quickly, but he doesn't overeat, no. But he is a quick, he's a quick eater. <laughs> kind of like the old uh, binge and purge kind of modality there. Yeah, there you go. There's a female well, in another life. <laughs> yeah. Well, I definitely think one of the first things that we would want to address, and, you know, if you haven't gone to your veterinarian yet, some of the simple things we want to try to do our best to roll out are going to be things related to hairballs. And as a former cat owner who brought up the most god-awful hairballs on occasion, you know, it really is startling when you see the size of some of these suckers that they can bring up. And I would definitely try everything we can to work on that aspect. So um, that means dealing with the hair coat, brushing daily, um, doing things like adding in the hairball laxatives, um, either in the paste form or in some of the diet forms. The treats can be helpful and really work on that potential hairball aspect. Um, Some people even shave their cats because the hair consumption can be such a problem. And if we feel we've kind of attacked that and looked at the hair coat as a potential cause, then I'll start to move to the medical things. And, you know, we definitely would want to, I would say the first thing I'd want medically would be a good, solid medical workup. And that would be things like blood work. We want to check out kidneys, liver, thyroid problems, and things like fecal samples. We want to check for some of the more typical things that can cause vomiting because this goes down a very involved pathway. And uh, we can get into a lot of things as far as, you know, is there a liver problem? Is there a problem with inflammatory bowel disease? So a lot of these different things, um, we'd want to do these initial tests to kind of get a baseline. And then from there, we'd really consider things like uh, food trials. And I don't know if you've ever heard on any of our previous programs, um, the hypoallergenic diets and some of the different things along that realm. Have you heard us talk of that? That's a good thought. Yeah, yeah. And in your natural balances, it's a good food. There's nothing wrong with that. But every pet's dietary system is a little bit different. And, um, you know, some pets don't react to certain ingredients very well. So I would consider putting him on a hypoallergenic diet, something that maybe is new for him. Um, I have a lot of good luck with some of the uh, venison-based diets or even duck-based diets and, and see how his system might adjust to that. And maybe we'll see less vomiting. Maybe we won't. But it's something you can try. Uh, without getting into necessarily a lot of diagnostic tests. Okay. But 
ultimately, if that doesn't work, the hairball approach doesn't work, then we really need to see the veterinarian get these tests under our belt and kind of get some information so we can decide what pathway we need to go down because there's a lot of different ways we can branch off and go. For some cats, we really have to go into, uh, you know, more detailed diagnostics like, you know, endoscopy where we go down with a little camera into their intestines so we can really go high tech here to find the answers. It's just a matter of how motivated we are, or, you know, how concerned we are at this point. And you've mentioned that he hasn't had any yeah. weight loss or any other problems, correct? Maybe trimming him up a little bit and then combing him more often and trying the, the hairball remedy and seeing what I get with that and changing the diet. That then, If I do those few things and it doesn't make any difference, then I, yeah, I'm going to run him to the vet because I don't want him to then start losing weight. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know if you've tried any of the hairball laxatives, but sometimes they can be challenging and hopefully that'll head you down the right road. So well, thank, thank you, you so much. much. Thank you much for calling, Connie. We appreciate your call. Well, there you go. It just flew by, and uh, Molly, the studio stunt dog, is telling me right now it's time for me to take her out, or she'll do her business in the studio. You don't want that to happen. So no. we're, we're going to wrap it up right now. Uh, be sure to check out Dr. Debbie's books, Yorkshire Terriers, Shih Tzus, Pugs, Mini Schnauzers, How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend, and get them over at Kindle. Saying that with a smile. I'm going to smile all the time so that I always look young, just like Dr. Debbie. That's the trick she told us today. Probably some of the best advice she's ever imparted on me. I'll tell you that right now. I feel younger already. So check out her books. They're over at uh, Amazon. They're Kindle books. And we have links over at AnimalRadio.com. And be sure to download the Animal Radio app. It is a free download. It's a great app to have. Check it out. We'll catch you next week for more Animal Radio right here on this station. Oh, thanks, Kipadana. Bye. Bye-bye. This is Animal Radio Network.